O'Neill was bigger and stronger than either of the German soldiers, but they had leverage on him, and after dragging him a few dozen yards, they tossed him to the ground at the feet of the two gorillas. And if he thought the beasts were angry before, after a few more minutes at the hands and sharpened poles of the Nazis, they were ready to rip armless O'Neill limb from limb. But he'd already lost one limb. He wasn't about to lose another. With a roar, one of the great beasts lunged towards the Irishman, ready to obliterate his head with great ham-sized fists. Grunting O'Neill rolled to one side, barely escaping the creature's mighty blows, but his motion put him in range of the second gorilla, which cried out and leapt at the prone adventurer. O'Neill kicked out with his legs and, using the beast's momentum against it, flipped the one gorilla into the other. The cries were deafening. O'Neill popped to his feet and snagged the pole arm of the nearest Nazi thug, startled as he was by the violent turn of events, with his hook. He ripped it from the goon's grasp, spun it around, grabbing it with his right hand. He smacked the soldier on the head, knocking him cold. He dropped the weapon and turned his attention to the other men. A second Nazi brought down his own pole arm to bear, lashing out at O'Neill, who ducked and evaded even as the two gorillas righted themselves and stalked towards the two guards who had transported O'Neill. The beasts had sized up these new threats and judged them to be dangerous. O'Neill, calling upon his great knowledge of the jungle and its inhabitants, stood stock still. He knew that the huge, imposing beasts were gentle creatures by nature, so he would do nothing to agitate them. On the other hand, the Nazi with the polearm seemed completely out of his element. He was clearly frightened, quavering with uncertainty, gripping his weapon tightly as he slowly backed away from the scene. Are you going to stand there waving that thing, or are you going to put these monsters in their place? O'Neill growled. Seeing the massive forms of the gorillas, their backs up, slobbering and barring their teeth at his two frightened companions, the Nazi panicked. Screaming, he swung the polearm at the beasts, missing one and smashing the other, square in the chest. The gorilla let out a massive yell and swatted the weapon away. The Nazi dropped the pole, turned, and sped into the jungle. The two gorillas, angered and threatened, chased after him. Without hesitation, O'Neill snatched up the fallen polearm and, with two swift blows, knocked out the remaining Nazis before they knew what was happening. O'Neill spat at the ground in the general direction of his three fallen foes. They were the lucky ones. The Nazi who had fled would likely not survive his ordeal, but it served him right. Having spent so much time on the wilds of Africa, O'Neill knew better than most the importance of treating the animals with respect. Otherwise, they would make you pay. And since he did not want to pay himself, he took a few moments to lash the three Nazis to a nearby mahogany tree. He was happy to let them wake up in the jungle and try to survive. He could think of no more appropriate fate. His enemies vanquished. He turned his attention to the more pressing matter. He had to find Edgar and Mara and that book. Then, after finding it and this accursed mask, he would take his revenge on faceless Fritz for the death of the professor and his disrespect for the forest, among other crimes. O'Neill stopped to relieve the soldiers of the machete, a luger, and canteen. Then, with new resolve, he turned and walked into the jungle.